happy new moon in Leo. This new moon at approximately five and a half degrees of Leo became exact today on Thursday, July 28th, 2022 at 1.54 p.m. New York time, which is 17.54 Greenwich Mean Time. Leo is a fixed fire sign that is represented by a lion, an animal that exemplifies pride, beauty, and power. Fixed signs in the zodiac come in the middle of a season and bring the energies of stability, endurance, and stubbornness. Fire signs come with high energy, vigor, passion, and outgoingness. Leo is ruled by the sun, which is that big ball of fire that all planets in our solar system rely on for light and sustenance. Leo rules over the fifth house in astrology, the house of pleasure. The themes of the fifth of the fifth house include joy, fun, play, pleasure, creativity, and children. We have a stellium in Leo on this new moon with the sun, moon, and mercury all in Leo. During Leo season, the sun is at home, so people are feeling comfortable in their own skin. Leo signifies the ego, charisma, and being seen in all our lights, being fully illuminated by the sun, metaphorically speaking. Leo is also associated with abundance and all things golden as the sun appears gold in the sky. It's a time to be optimistic and to dream big. The sign of Leo supports the manifestation of our biggest dreams. During Leo season, it's the time to let go of any fear of being seen in all your glory. Let go of any fears on how you are perceived. Be the unique you and bring out the most positive aspects of your personality. Jupiter also stations retrograde in Aries just a few hours after this new moon becomes exact, trining both the sun and moon, making it the most prominent planet in this new moon chart. With Jupiter exalted in Mars-ruled, action-oriented Aries, it is a great time to experience growth in all ways over the next 28 days. And as a reminder, the reason I say 28 days is because a new moon sets the tone for the following 28 days. With this Sagittarius-ruled planet of growth, Jupiter, forming a supportive and harmonious trine to the sun and moon, it is less likely that this station phase will cause violence and volatility, as Jupiter and Aries sometimes does, and more likely that it will get things moving, actually, politically in a positive direction, though the caveat is that with the sun being at home in Leo, it could also fuel charismatic, egocentric leaders to spread their messages and it could emphasize toxic capitalism. A good example that just you know literally happened yesterday is the stock market and crypto assets irrationally rallying really high on the day the Federal Reserve announced its most aggressive rate hike since '94. Well, the aggregate of the last two hikes have been uh, the most aggressive since 1994. So, <laughs> rationally speaking, the you know the market shouldn't have been um, rallying like crazy unless it's just kind of the same old Wall Street and crypto market scams that go on where the whales are pumping things up, and then probably by the day this comes out, it will it will have started to dump again. But who knows? But that is one of the toxic sides of a Jupiter station in Aries is that you know over aggressive capitalism which is not the 
you know direction we want to go as far as the economic system on this planet with the emphasis on the economic system now and over the next year with the Taurus Scorpio lunar node polarity but it's when that toxic capitalism does get worse and worse as it is uh, right now with supply chain issues and the war and and everything else going on uh, during the latter stages of this pandemic is it you know brings light to the problems the real problems in our world economy and how screwed over the proletariat really is so it's just bringing more light to things when the toxic capitalism does you know get worse anyways this jupiter retrograde phase which does last through october is a great time to revisit opportunities from the past from the past and make those opportunities work so whatever projects you've put on the back burner might pop up again in your consciousness for you to give another go at with Uranus conjunct the North Node, as I said, that North Lunar Node in Taurus, and Jupiter exalted, there's a good chance of having unexpected opportunities for success come to you over the next 28 days. Since we're in the Lionscape portal, which we'll talk about during this podcast, an annual time where the energies of abundance are bound and easily accessible, it would be very auspicious to jump on any opportunities that come to you during this time. The Lion's Gate is an annual portal between approximately July 28th, give or take a couple days, and August 12th, when the sun aligns with Sirius A, the brightest star in the sky, also my home planet as far as me being a starseed, um, actually uh, Sirius uh, uh, B, I believe I'm from, but um, the Syrian star system, uh, which is, and Sirius A being the brightest star in the sky is also known as our spiritual sun. And August 8th is the day, 8-8, uh, during the Lion's Gate, when the alignment is most exact and the Syrian energetic portal is most active. And that's really the day to have your mind set on abundance in all ways, including financial. And I'll talk a little bit more about the Lion's Gate towards the end of this podcast. And I'll also talk about uh, how to join, if you're interested, my live masterclass on clearing your inner blocks to activate your maximum financial abundance which will happen the day before on august 7th first let's have a discussion on ego and personality as they relate directly to leo bringing out your highest personality and your authentic voice the ego is not inherently bad not at all the ego is much more complex than to just say it's bad the truth is the ego, and actually a better term for this is the ego personality, is the vehicle that is necessary for the experience of being almost any type of physically incarnate being. If you've ever by chance played or seen someone play the computer game The Sims, and like I used to play The Sims when I was like, I don't know, 14 years old, I think. And now, you know, over the past... 20 plus years they've come out with so many iterations of it but if you know the sims you'll recognize this example the soul is the game player who creates the sim and the sim is the ego personality you can't experience the sim world as the game player which is the soul or consciousness unless you create an avatar to experience the sim world this avatar is the ego personality 
I believe that the day and the time that you're born is predetermined by your soul, meaning your astrology is also predetermined. Your natal chart pretty well determines your personality, so in a lot of ways, your personality is predetermined. Your soul chooses a particular predetermined personality that will allow the soul to experience a life from a particular individuated, individuated perspective. That particular individuated perspective forms a balance with another particular individuated perspective from another lifetime or other lifetimes that represents the polar opposite of what you're experiencing here. And together, the hundreds or thousands of unique individuated perspectives, a different perspective in each lifetime that your soul experiences in human form on Earth, in different timelines, time periods, and geographic locations, in different types of bodies, with different ethnic backgrounds, families and upbringings, cultures, economic climates, geography, etc. This all forms a complete wheel of experience. To simplify, think of it as if your soul wants to experience unique perspectives of all 12 signs of the zodiac wheel over and over again so you can experience the totality of the zodiac wheel. And that's where the lunar nodes in your personal natal chart really become very important because if you look at your south node that's the theme of where you were in your past three lifetimes that was the overall theme of kind of who you know who you were what you're about what your personality was in the last three lifetimes and then the north node is where you're going it's what your soul wants you to develop in this lifetime so your soul will set up circumstances for you to have the obstacles come up and the opportunities to be able to go towards your north node in this lifetime. So definitely take a look at your lunar nodes. And subscribe to my YouTube channel, okay? It, the link is in the pinned comment below if you're listening on YouTube because I am dropping a video on the north nodes where I'll tell you what your north node and what your south node means. I'll go through all 12 signs. I'm going to drop that video right around the 1st of August. Your soul wants to experience life through your unique perspective. Your unique ego personality is not a barrier to ascension. Rather, it is the vehicle through which you are meant to experience the ascension. This new moon chart really exemplifies the importance of individuality. With Mercury in Leo squaring Uranus and Taurus. Uranus, ruled by Aquarius, is the wild card of the planets. It brings unexpected events, surprises, and news. It is the planet that gets us out of our shell through unexpected news and events and unconventional people. In the context of the ego personality, Uranus teaches us to be unconventional, to communicate uniquely and not follow the crowd. You could find yourself challenged by a person or outside influence to speak up and express yourself uniquely and authentically over the next 28 days, especially with Mercury also squaring fiery individualistic Mars in fixed stubborn Taurus. If you do find yourself challenged by someone, remember that there's a difference between expressing yourself passionately and being callous or insulting or inciting. Try to avoid having disagreements spiral into full-on arguments, as with Mercury squaring both Mars and Uranus, people are going to be much more argumentative than usual over the next 28 days. With Mercury also squaring the North Node in Taurus, we are challenged to speak our truth 
authentically and find our true voice. If you can find your authentic voice and feel like you are deeply embedded in a strong purpose, like I feel, what you really came here to do, it is very likely that you will be able to move forward into all the gifts that are already pre-planned in your life plan maybe quicker than you would if you're not feeling embedded in your purpose. Plus, it just feels great to speak your truth and to be grounded in your purpose. Changing up your wardrobe would actually be a really great way to align with the energies of this new moon, including the Mercury Uranus square, especially if it means you know wearing something more flamboyant than you're used to. So try to stand out a little bit more. And for people of introverted charts... You know, lot, let's say a lot of cancer placements, for example, this is going to be really, really unnatural. But it's anything you can do to get out of your box is a wonderful thing. You know, I, I once knew a coach who would always have people sing karaoke as part of uh, the, the, the coaching experience of, to help them get out of their shell. You know, anything you can do to get out of your shell is great. In fact, as you go through your ascension process, your personality will inevitably shift and evolve. Some of the shadow aspects of your personality that show up in your birth chart, the negative, immature, and unhealthy tendencies and aspects of ego, will dissolve away and you will embody more and more of the most positive, healthy, and spiritually mature aspects of your particular ego personality. In fact, as one ascends... What is really happening is that the aspects of the personality that come directly from the soul are starting to shine through. Yes, it's true. The soul has a unique personality as well. And it's likely that if the soul has a personality, so does the oversoul and the monad. And if you're not uh, sure what that means, the oversoul is your soul group of 12. So you and the 11 other souls that form your soul group. And the monad is 144 souls including so that's 12 over souls or 144 individual souls yourself and 143 other souls and it gets really uh, abstract and complex and kind of ethereal to try to figure it out in your mind but basically the idea is you are an ego personality okay that's like the lowest level of personality the most er most earthly level but then there is a soul that is animating the ego personality, the game player playing the Sims character, and that ego, uh, that soul has a personality as well. Each soul has a unique personality, and then there is a personality that is kind of an aggregate, or it's not an aggregate. It's like think of your soul group of twelve souls as its own entity, as an even higher self. And that is its personality. And then the monadic group of 144 has its own unique flair to it that we could say is a personality. Think of it as a unique shade, a unique color. And then, of course, like I mentioned, I'm from Sirius. I'm from the, also from the Andromeda Galaxy. I also have been Orion and Blue Avian. Each aspect of me from the stars has its own unique ego personality. And you end up unknowingly kind of uh, 
this this unknowingly all these aspects of you that come from these higher places end up shining through and especially as you ascend and you peel away the layers of old identities that don't uh don't match up well with you anymore and a lot of times those old identities you know they're in this lifetime they're going to be you know they were kind of pasted onto you unknowingly because of the family and the community and the culture you were raised in but also they're going to vibrate they're going to resonate with other lifetimes on earth where you've had similar experiences and you had similar you know interests and likes and cultures that you were born into but and and it doesn't mean you have to give this stuff up like you know for example my life and i think about this sometimes you know my life in, in my my teenage years and in my 20s my early 20s was consumed mostly by sports uh some of you know that i, I come from a background of sports and I still love sports. I still watch baseball every night. And in the winter, I watch hockey every night. And it, because I love it. It's it's not because it's really... It's not who I am anymore. I've become a lot more, and I've stepped into a very specific service role. But at the same time, I still love it. I still love just sport in general and competition so that part of my identity as it's peeled away as it's become less prominent in my day-to-day life as it's be- it hasn't been my role anymore in the world i've just you know ended up just being a fan from afar watching on television it has allowed the space for other more service oriented more kind of higher mission oriented aspects of self to come through of you know in my late 20s and in, in my early 30s so that's what i mean is when the layers of the old identities start to peel away it allows room for the light of the higher, more service-oriented identities to start to come through and realize and ground themselves in your beingness. And as that happens, you're kind of unknowingly shining through the higher personalities of soul, soul group or oversoul, monad, and your starseed, Christ and extraterrestrial, whatever you want to call it, uh, selves pretty wild i just said a lot there by the way none of this was in the uh the article that i that i uh you know read read off of that was all just channeled through so that was some good info (laughs) so as one ascends as i said we are starting to channel through those personalities and i believe that it's likely that all of the individuated aspects of everything of the all that is of it has a unique personality i i believe uh, you know i i know for example animals all have unique personality those of you who are dog lovers like myself you know that every dog is 
fascinatingly unique with his or her own history genetics and just completely different personalities some dogs are very extroverted some dogs are very introverted i saw an absolutely hilarious youtube video last week about a facebook group in sweden for introverted dog owners and they they got them together at a dog park <laughs> and the dogs just all stood around looking like awkwardly at one another <laughs> it's it just proving you know how unique dogs are in their personalities my dog sebastian is just an ex he's an extrovert through and through like like his dad like myself but i think a fly has a unique personality an ant has a unique personality and you know every tree every plant what if it goes further what if every cell has a unique personality what if what if every molecule even has a unique personality? And I don't know the answer to that. But it seems like one of the laws of life is that every aspect of the whole is unique. The one is split into an infinite number of subdivisions. And it seems like perhaps each subdivision is unique. So, and that's the essence of Leo. The essence of Leo is embracing our uniqueness. And I, I myself have always done that to an extreme sometimes. You know, I was, I was a kid in high school that used to have to go to the principal's office like every day or every other day if I was lucky because I, I always was getting in trouble in class or whatever just for being a class clown just for for being funny or just doing dumb pranks or whatever like you know or parking where i wasn't supposed to park that was more often uh, i didn't care to do i actually not only didn't care i intentionally wanted to be different always than the crowd so to me that idea of being unique and the importance of being unique has always come really really naturally but for a lot of people I know it doesn't. And for a lot of people, actually, the Leo vibration, Leo season is uncomfortable because, you know, especially for like like cancers, for example, it, it's a completely opposite vibration, even even Aquarians, because Aquarius is the polar opposite of Leo. So especially for you and especially with this uh, Mercury squaring Uranus and uh, Mercury squaring the North Node and Mercury squaring Mars and Mercury being in Leo. Uh, joining the sun and moon it's like all this is about you know the squares are abrasive but squares always through the abrasion and through the contentiousness it causes opportunity that's you know the squares aren't there to just cause chaos unnecessarily whatever chaos is caused by a square whether it's a planet that's squaring one of your natal planets or just looking at the you know where the planets are right now how they're squaring each other like with mercury and uranus and the north node and and mars uh it's there to give the opportunity for growth so there's such an opportunity right now to have growth in your uniqueness and your voice it, and it's a wonderful thing so yeah this leo season even more than usual it's it's about finding that voice by the way, um, one of the best ways to bring out 
your unique personalities by purifying. As empaths, we tend to sponge up stuff from others like all the time, right? And if we don't know how to set boundaries with others and shield or cleanse ourselves spiritually, we won't be able to experience those higher personalities coming to life. I mean, think about it. You can't be fully you if you're expressing, if you're bringing through your vessel all sorts of crap that's from others. To experience more purity, it is important to spend occasional time in sacred solitude and plenty of time in nature, even during Leo season, when you know Leo is a very social time. But it's just as important to be in nature. You know, human beings are social creatures, yes, of course. And that truth is definitely illuminated now during Leo season. However, along the spiritual journey, the importance of alone time cannot be understated. And I'm definitely someone who prefers a lot, despite my extroversion, I prefer a lot of alone time. Because I'm a Scorpio, really. Scorpios need a lot of space. And it's also a crucial experience to practice spiritual hygiene. Take cleansing baths. Use Palo Santo or Sage. And use visualization or sound frequencies to keep yourself clear. I just gave myself a nice Palo Santo smudge uh, before recording this podcast. Cut negative cords with people in your life. And also exercise daily as it moves the stuck energy out of your energy field. Around this new moon and over the course of the next 28 days is a time to highlight the most positive and charismatic aspects of your unique ego personality. Don't be afraid to let yourself loose, to let yourself shine. You deserve it. And don't forget that life is humorous. This is why the uh, kind of the, the bigger, more famous and more groundbreaking and uh, spiritual gurus in the world, like Sadhguru, for example, are absolutely hilarious. Here are some questions of self-inquiry that you can journal on to help you figure out which aspects of the ego personality might be from that soul self or higher and which aspects you still might need to transmute. As always with my journal questions, feel free to journal on them, ideally. That's why they're called journal questions. Or, uh, And you can stop the video between each question. Or just think about them. And that's fine too. Which aspects of my personality am I most proud of? As I cycle through my head, a whole list of things I'm proud of about my personality. I love my personality. <laughs> so what aspects of your personality do you love? And you should be able to make a whole list. If you're being honest with yourself, if you're not being overly critical. Which aspects of my personality serve others best? Aha. Which aspects of my personality feel most associated with love? Mm, love that question. Which aspects of my personality do I feel come from my soul? Now, big question, especially for the introverts out there. Do I have a tendency to hide these most positive aspects of my personality? Hmm. Am I afraid to be seen? Why might I have this fear of being seen? Could it come from childhood, teenage years, 
past lives. Maybe all of those. Could I allow myself to shine more? Great question. Which aspects of my personality are toxic, manipulative, codependent, or martyrish? Oof. <laughs> honest question there. And if we're honest with ourselves, we all have aspects that fit into some of those categories, some more than others. But those of us that are willing and courageous enough to become aware of toxic, manipulative, codependent, or martyrish tendencies in our personality, we can then, over time, repair those, shift those, transmute those. What do I know deep down that I need to do better in order to transmute those negative patterns into healthier ones? How would my highest possible self act in this body of mine? How would my highest possible self speak in this body of mind? Body of mind. Leo is also associated with the inner child. Let's discuss. Honoring the inner child. Leo is the most childlike sign of the zodiac, bringing with it an air of freedom, play, and unabashedness. It is an aspect that we all carry within, though unfortunately most of us forget it is there as we journey from childhood to our teen years and into various stages of adulthood. As adults, we can become too disconnected with how it feels to be a child. Sometimes, actually often, I get nostalgic recalling how amazing and adventurous everything was when I was a kid. How my friends and I would spend from after school until sundown playing sports and games in my backyard, taking breaks to drink my mom's delicious fruit punch. My yard was the biggest in the neighborhood, so all the kids would congregate there. It was big enough that I even built a, a, a hockey rink in my yard in the winter. In the wintertime, we would build elaborate snow forts and go sledding off and taking full advantage of the overabundance of snow in western New York. My beloved home of western New York. Most adults in today's western world have become disconnected from their inner children. Society is structured in a way that most people don't have time to connect with their inner child as they're too busy just trying to earn enough money to survive, which is you know, an institutional problem that the Taurus-Scorpio uh, nodal polarity will hopefully help solve over the next year here, but I don't know, it's not looking good. <laughs> and many of those who do make more than enough to survive end up finding themselves lost in illusions and addictions like gambling, alcohol, drugs, pornography, or sexual obsession. In fact, one of the reasons that so many teens and adults find themselves so enamored with those things is that it gives them an outlet to play. And, by the way, I'm not saying there's anything inherently wrong with gambling, alcohol, drugs, pornography, or sex. It's just all about how they're used. Is it a healthy experience of play and pleasure, which is the realm of Leo in the fifth house? Or is it addiction, obsession, and escapism? But we can find ways to play in more innocent ways can dance you can sing you can make silly faces make jokes you can throw snowballs at one another 
probably how this manifests most for me on a day-to-day basis is singing silly songs to my dog, Sebastian, all day long. Doing an inner child meditation would be a great idea around this new moon. I like to take myself in my mind, if I'm going to do inner child work, to a beautiful forest scene and really sink into the setting. I then imagine my inner child approaching me from a distance and I ask him, what is it that he needs from me that I haven't been giving him lately? I embrace him, I hug him, and I make sure he feels like I am there for him and listening to him. If you've never done an inner child meditation before, you may find that your inner child shows up at the age you feel like you experience the most trauma and abuse. This is because whatever basic physical or emotional needs that weren't met by your caretakers at that age are what you then spend the rest of your lifetime healing. I know it sounds kind of dark, but that is the truth. The things that people say or do that trigger you most directly relate to those unmet needs of your inner child. As an awakening being, you now have the opportunity to heal your inner child and experience the liberation of being a fully integrated, sovereign adult consciousness. To do this, we first must get to know the voice of the inner child and identify what needs he or she has. When the inner child's needs haven't been met and then are consciously ignored during adulthood, the inner child must find a way to get the conscious attention of the operator of the consciousness, or you. (laughs) So the inner child will sometimes put on a scary mask, so to speak, and become the shadow. The shadow self can trigger you to act out in the darkest of ways if you're not conscious and aware, or even to attract people to treat you in nasty ways. The shadow self may sabotage your dreams and even make it difficult for you to move forward. The good news is that by listening to the voice of the inner child, the inner child feels seen, heard, and acknowledged, and thus doesn't need to morph into the shadow to get your attention. When we consciously make the choice to honor the needs of the inner child, we can make rapid leaps forward in our spiritual development. Here are some questions to ask yourself or journal on to help you get into deeper communion with your inner child. If I had to guess, what would my inner child say about my life now? Would he or she be happy about it? It's a real deep, honest question. Would my inner child be happy about the life I've built? If I had to guess, what would my inner child say about my current living environment? Would they be happy about my living environment? If I had to guess, what would my inner child say about my current job or career? Would he or she be happy about that? If I had to guess, what kinds of things have I been neglecting to give my inner child that he or she needs? Which activities or creative endeavors from my childhood have I neglected lately? Have I been taking life too seriously? (laughs) And I think for the vast majority of us, the answer would be yes. Do I let myself fall into the trap of the seriousness of those around me? You know, for most of my life, my childhood, teenage years, my 20s, I was always the one to take very serious things 
with a light heart. You know, I was the one in class when we were doing a project in science class or social studies or whatever to be making everyone laugh, you know, while we're doing the project, while everyone else was being very serious. And I went too far with it at times, and people got pissed off at me and certain jobs I had for, you know, not taking things serious enough just being too much of a goofball but that's always been my personality but I think I lent a lot of value to people when I did that by lightening up their seriousness so I've never been someone to let the seriousness of others infiltrate me but I think I'm in the minority and I think most people do so that's a great question In what ways am I still mean or nasty to myself? And how can I stop being mean or nasty to myself? Am I okay with failing? How can I learn to be okay and forgive myself when I fail or mess up? I used to be terrible, terrible at this, berating myself, even hitting myself when I was younger and it's sad to think about that I I did that come a long way with that with accepting that it's okay to fail or mess up but again not perfect still developing do I forgive myself instantly or do I tend to hold things against myself another tough one How could I practice instant self-forgiveness? That's a tough question. How does one forgive oneself instantly? It's, to me, a matter of being present and realizing that whatever happened has already passed. You can't change it. So what's the point of holding something against yourself? It doesn't do you any good. So you let it go. And you do better the next time. That's all we can do. Do I tend to let others' negative emotions take me over? Kind of similar to the question of, do you allow people's seriousness to infiltrate you? And how could I avoid this pitfall? Am I okay looking silly or stupid to others? (laughs) Does what others think of me actually really matter? In in some parallel universe, what if Jim Carrey was uh, too concerned about what others thought of him? What if any comic, any comedian was too concerned of what others thought of them when they were on stage or when they were in class, being the class clown like I was? Right? There would be no comedians. So again, to the introverted listeners, hopefully this strikes a chord. Am I okay looking silly or stupid to others? People are going to judge you no matter what. People judge me for what I do. I read the comments. Most of the comments are kind, but some aren't. People are going to judge you no matter what you do in the world. 
does it really actually matter? Not really. Besides getting constructive criticism from people, which is always a good thing when it comes from the heart and when it's helpful. But other than that, it doesn't matter. And another good question to finish off with, am I truly honoring my deepest desires? What are those deeper desires? Which desire is of the realm of the fifth house? Ruled by Leo. What deeper desires have you yet to allow yourself to explore? Creating the highest possibility for your abundance. The Lion's Gate is the perfect time to anchor in abundance on all levels for your life and for the world. Do some ruminating and visualizing on what you want your highest possible abundance to look and feel like in this lifetime. What is it that you want to manifest for your life? What kind of life do you truly want to live? What kind of world do you really want to live in? Spend some time visualizing abundance of all types for yourself. Examples could be financial riches, friendships, partnerships, business endeavors, travel, your dream home. And what do you want for the world? For example, world peace, affluence, and comfort for all. Surround yourself and the planet with a lot of golden lights when you meditate during this Lionsgate time and during Leo season. Gold is the color of abundance. In order to place yourself on the timeline where you will manifest your highest possible abundance, it is necessary to let go of any beliefs about money that won't serve that possibility. And let's discuss. The truth is, is that money is not the root of all evil. Money is simply numbers on a computer screen, piece of paper, and piece of metal. That's really all it is. The evil part of the current economic system is the power structure behind it. The money itself is simply a tool to enforce and perpetuate that power structure, but it is not the root of the problem. Money is neutral. It is a tool for consciousnesses to interact with one another on a physical plane. And it has neither a positive nor negative charge. Money is unlimited. When you earn more, you're not taking more from others. The pool of money is unlimited because it's an artificial construction with no actual guardrails. There's no bumpers on the bowling lane of the amount of money that can exist. There's no hard limit to the amount of U.S. dollars, pounds, euros, whatever, that can exist at any one point in time. Central banks determine monetary policy from year to year and are always printing new money. During the past two years, $13 trillion in new money was created out of thin air in the United States. And obviously that contributes to inflation, which isn't good. But the point is that it's important to internalize the truth that earning more money does not mean you're taking from others. And just as empaths, we sometimes inherently have a fear of making money 
or being successful financially or having the things that we want because we think we're harming others because maybe in some other lifetime we were greedy and we did harm others by being too greedy. As long as you're not literally stealing from others or being deceitful or scamming people, you're not harming others by earning more, by creating more wealth. The pool is unlimited. We are all part of an economy and the possibilities for wealth attainment in an honest manner are abundant or they're all kind of unlimited. The pool itself is unlimited because the laws of the universe dictate that abundance is inherently unlimited. The dark powers on this planet have created an institutionalized system of social and economic hierarchy that makes it difficult for the vast majority of people to attain wealth. That's obvious. It's a perversion, a cover-up of the true laws of abundance. But it doesn't mean that you have to resign yourself to the part of the economic or social ladder or pyramid that you were born into. And I fully acknowledge that me being a Caucasian male from the state of New York in a a middle-class community, a safe middle-class community from a a middle-class household, absolutely gave me a huge advantage over the vast majority of people in the world. I completely acknowledge that. However, regardless of your social or economic place on the ladder, barring extreme examples like, you know, if you're in North Korea or something and you obviously wouldn't be able to hear this message if you're there, but barring extreme examples, whatever place you were born into on the pyramid, you can move up and doing so might be a part of your life plan. And if you're listening to stuff like this, or if you've gotten into law of attraction material, it very likely is a part of your life plan to move up. If you can shift your beliefs into wealth, you have all the power to take more from that pool, that unlimited pool of abundance in an honest manner. It's a good time right now to harness the energies of this Lionsgate portal and Leo season and come up with a clear picture of what you'd like your maximum abundance to look like. And here are some questions you can ask yourself and journal on to figure that out. How much money would I ultimately like to earn? Or a better word is create per year. What kind of home would I ultimately like to live in? What kind of environment would I ultimately like to live in? What kind of climate, what type of neighborhood? What kind of romantic relationship would I ultimately like to have if you don't already have what you want? What kind of circle of friends, network of people I hang out with would I ultimately like to have? What kind of day-to-day schedule would I ultimately like to have? Who would I ultimately like to be to the world? What would my role be? What other possessions or luxuries would I ultimately like to have? What kind of health and vitality would I ultimately like to have? What would my body be like? What would it feel like in my body? 
And there's no right or wrong answers here. One person might desire to earn $5 million a year, own several mansions around the world, have a large group of wealthy and active friends, and work six days a week for 12 hours a day with a few months off per year. And another person may prefer to earn 15 grand a year, live in a tiny home off-grid, grow their own food, have abundant free time, and have few friends and few possessions. The truth is that neither lifestyle is more or less spiritual than the other. There are no absolutes in this game. You can ascend as a solitary monk with few possessions or as a wealthy businessman. It is a matter of personal choice and which type of lifestyle would be more aligned with your life plan. The soul situates your life circumstances based on what it knows would be the ideal set of conditions that will be most likely to give you the greatest opportunity to negotiate the lessons you need to move through in this lifetime in order to balance your toroidal field or your, uh, we could say, to balance your karma and your karma can show up as the, the negative karmic experiences can show up as kind of deficiencies or holes in your toroidal field and move into the next stage of evolution. Not not holes, more like imbalances in your toroidal field. So if growing up in poverty is going to give you the best opportunity to move through your specific lessons, then that's exactly what will happen. And if growing up wealthy will give you the best opportunity to move through your specific lessons, then that will be what happens. Neither situation is more or less spiritual than the other, and regardless of how you are raised, once you access the, teaches, the teachings of the law of attraction, you are able to shift into wealth if you so desire. You do have free will. Once you're here and in a body, you get to choose the life you want to live. Perhaps you intuitively feel that a life of excessive riches would be a distraction from the lessons you came here to work on, or likewise, perhaps you feel deep down that building a life of financial wealth will help you to accomplish what you came here to accomplish. Every person is different, and there are absolutely no rights or wrongs here. And anyone who tells you that a rich life is less spiritual than a poor life or vice versa is missing the point of life. Perhaps hearing these words feels freeing for you. You, you have the free will to choose what your maximum abundance looks and feels like. And here are some beliefs, some affirmations that will support you in having a healthy relationship with money. And feel free to use some of these as daily affirmations during uh, the Lionsgate portal here. Money is not evil, it's just a mechanism we use to interact with one another. Money is unlimited. I deserve to have enough money in order to thrive. I do not apologize or feel guilty for having enough to thrive because money is unlimited. I can choose to give as much or as little away to others who are in need of more money. I get to decide how much money is enough for me. Money will never make me feel truly safe. I get to decide whether I'm truly safe or not. I hereby activate my 100% maximum abundance for this lifetime. I deserve this. And so it is. I am financially free. And as I mentioned before, I'm conducting a live masterclass 
called Clearing Your Inner Blocks to Activate Your Maximum Financial Abundance. This is going to be awesome. As a group, we're going to work through whatever blocks around money and finance and abundance you acquired from your parents or caregivers, came down through your ancestral lineage, come from past life karma, etc. And we're going to activate that maximum financial abundance, put you on that timeline of higher abundance. It's happening on August 7th. Okay, really auspicious day. The, the peak of the Lion's Gate is pretty much then. August 8th, as I said, is the best day. If you want to register for the masterclass, what you can do is go to my website, youareadivinehuman.org, all spelled out, youareadivinehuman.org, and you can check that out on the events and courses and webinars page. More on the Lionsgate. The Lion's Gate is very much associated with the Pyramids of Giza. So let's discuss this. The Sphinx in the Pyramids of Giza complex was seemingly built to represent the constellation of Leo. According to the Orion Correlation Theory, which is an archaeological theory, this is the case. This theory purports that the Sphinx, and thus likely also the Pyramids, were built around 10,500 B.C., According to Wikipedia, a date of 10,500 B.C. is chosen because they maintain this is the only time in the procession of the equinoxes when the astrological age was Leo and when the constellation rose directly east of the Sphinx on the vernal equinox. And they also suggest that in this epoch, the angles between the three stars of Orion's belt and the horizon were an exact match to the angles between the three main Giza pyramids. This would corroborate with the famous clairvoyant Edgar Cayce's thoughts on the timing of the construction of the pyramids, as he said they were built around 10,390 BC to correlate with Venus being in the constellation of Libra. According to Cayce, the pyramids were constructed by refugees from Atlantis, which had likely sunk due to massive crust upheaval and flooding due to a high-tech nuclear war. And those of us that were in Lemuria and Atlantis, like myself being in Lemuria, have memories, I've seen visions of that war. This corroborates with a widely held belief in the spiritual community that it was post-Atlantean humans that had built the pyramids under the direct guidance of Syrian extraterrestrials who had given the humans the technology to lift massive stones and have them fly through the air, then placed perfectly using sound frequency technology. It seems as if the Syrians wanted the Earth to have the pyramids and it seems that they wanted the pyramids to align with the stars of Orion's belt. But why? Are the pyramids actually energy generators connected to Sirius? Or to Orion's belt or both? During the Lionsgate portal is a great time to connect with the pyramids of Giza. Take an astral journey there and sit under the Sphinx. Explore inside the pyramids. And actually, if you'd like, you can check out a special message and a guided meditation that I did that will actually help you go there that I created specifically for the Lionsgate. The link, if you're on YouTube, is in the pinned comment below. Sirius A is the brightest star in the Canis Major constellation as well as in the entire sky. Canis Major is known as Orion's dog, so colloquially Sirius A is known as the dog star. An easy way to find Sirius A in the sky when it is visible is to locate Orion's belt in the sky then draw an imaginary line down and to the left toward the horizon, 
and then look for the brightest star in the sky. The best months to see it are January and February. Wishing you a fun, enjoyable, and auspicious new moon in Leo. With love, this is Matthew John. Please like this video. Please comment below. Tell me what you're excited about during Leo season. Tell me if you're excited about the Lionsgate. Tell me about any Lionsgate rituals you're going to do. Please visit the links in the pinned comment. My website is there. It's youareadivinehuman.org, all spelled out, youareadivinehuman.org. And you can check out all of my stuff on my website, all of my free articles, videos, shows, interviews. You can go to the events, course, and webinars page. You can check out the Lionsgate Masterclass to activate your maximum abundance. You can check out all my other courses and webinars, including the Comprehensive Tarot Course, which you can still sign up for. You can also check out my Spiritual Mentoring Package, which is the most popular way that people work with me uh, under the Private Sessions tab. Or you can check out all the a la carte private sessions that I offer. You can schedule your own time and pay. It's super easy to do on my website. Also, I am in the preliminary stages of planning an incredible retreat, in-person retreat, in 2023 during the Lionsgate at one of the premier retreat centers in all the Northeast. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Four days of activations and connecting with extraterrestrials and yoga and tai chi and hiking waterfalls and and a pond and all your meals and accommodations are included and by the end of the these four days you're going to feel like you just drank ayahuasca for four days or something you're going to be on a super high frequency and go back into your life and really reap the benefits of going to this retreat the link to the youtube video which is also on my channel with the preliminary details for the retreat are in the description box below so please check that out as well if you have any questions for me go to my website youaredivinehuman.org if you're on desktop go to the bottom right corner of the screen click on the tab it says have questions ask matthew click on that type in your question and email address or you can scroll your mouse over the more tab and click on contact me and fill out that form or if you're accessing my website on your mobile device you can just click the mail icon, or if you're on Instagram, you can DM me at Matthew John Healer. And you can also always email me. It's youareadivinehuman at gmail.com. My email is also in the link below in the pinned comment. Okay, again, please do me a huge favor, like and subscribe, share this video with others. Please go to my YouTube channel and check out that Lionsgate guided meditation, especially on the Lionsgate, and check out the Lionsgate 2023 retreat. Please subscribe to my channel. As I said, I'll have a video on the Lunar Nodes dropping right around the 1st of August. So if you subscribe, you can even turn on the notifications for my YouTube channel. You can get that video. You can also always just go on the YouTube search bar and type in Matthew John and you'll see my channel. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate you. I look forward to talking to you in two weeks on the upcoming full moon in Aquarius. And until then, please remember to be kind to yourself, to be kind to others, to be kind to animals, and to be kind to the earth. With love, this is Matthew John.